When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Monday Metrospective, where we look back on the weekend of harness racing on SEN Track. Welcome, Monday Metrospective Review Show. Toby McKinnon with you for the first time in 2024, and also for the first time in 2024, Stephen Cleveland will join us. Steve, mate, how are you? I'm very well, Toby. Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners. Uh, hope you finished the night off in fantastic style. I know the racing was certainly uh, hot and uh, fiery early. Now, uh, uh, I'm on the buttons today, which I haven't done for some time. So if anyone heard uh, off the top of the news, just me asking Steve if he was getting the programming and Steve said yes. So uh, great to make sure that that got out so everyone knew that this is live and real radio. Glad I didn't answer it another and, way. <laughs> oh, no, you weren't going out. It was only me, I think. Well, that's okay. Um, oh, you might have been. But a text straight in from 549, Happy New Year, mate. So uh, they must have realised uh, that uh, I was going out. Anyway, uh, yeah, so get involved. We've only got 60 minutes today, Steve. But get involved on the show, 0499 736 736. I have had a text from a gentleman, Charles Couchy, over the weekend, which uh, I want to get to as well. So that'll be a bit of questions without notice for you, Steve. But uh, we were both at Melton last night, mate. You would have you would have been nearly midnight when you got home, I'd imagine. It was 11.58 as I drove in the gate. So uh, I just made it home in time to uh, see in the new year, but uh, everyone else was in bed. So, uh, yeah, it was an exciting uh, entry into 2024 for me as I uh, sat on the couch with a cat sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, journeyed over with my great mate, Charlie Wooden. We met at uh, Danny Nong Basketball Stadium and then drove across He's together. He's a great bloke. As uh, he was working on the track, Charles Leslie. And uh, we got back to the Dandenong Basketball Stadium at 11.57 and I dropped him off at his car and I was just uh, driving down Wellington Road all by myself, no one on the roads at uh, midnight. So, yeah, just didn't wasn't that exciting, I suppose, bringing in the midnight. But uh, it was more exciting at Melton last night. We'll, we will get to that. We'll do a block on that probably in the, the next segment. But In the first hour? Yeah, in the first hour. Yeah, that's a good idea. I have texted uh, someone involved in last night, but haven't had a response yet. So he might have been out celebrating, which would be plenty understandable. I'm not going to say any names. Uh, so if he happens to get back to us, we may have him on the show later. But uh, for me, today is very unstructured, and I'm going to uh, get through it, Steve. Don't don't stress about me. I, uh, I'll get through it being unstructured. Now, first and foremost, I uh, thought some highlights from you, maybe, uh, for 2023. I can give you a couple straight off the cuff. For me, uh, in a racing sense, Victoria Cup was just an amazing race, amazing to be there. The finish was 
just stunning, really, to see so many horses could have won that race. You could run it so many times and get a different result so many times. Uh, it was the number one race, if you ask me. Uh, the number one story of the year had to be just believed, didn't it? And what he did was was amazing, the coverage through Sweden and then winning uh, back-to-back into the Minions. And I think the one we've probably forgotten about, Catch a Wave's Miracle Mile, was pretty stunning, wasn't it? And what Andy Gath did, he took us on a journey um, with stops at Calcutta being <laughs> a big part of that journey, but he told the story of the horse, didn't he? And the story of, of Richard Matthews, the late Richard Matthews as well, and honoured it so well in just typical Andy fashion with a bit of humour. And, uh, yeah, so I thought they were probably my three favourite on the track. For you, Steve, it might be pretty hard to go past um, anywhere Hugo, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much uh, for me. No, no challenge for my number one. Uh, you know, best memory for uh, twenty twenty three was definitely becoming a dad for the first time with little Hugo coming on board on the thirteenth uh, of January. So he kicked off the year nice and early with that, and uh, we've got a first birthday coming up very soon. But that was certainly my number one highlight. Agree on the track, uh, Vic Cup. Just believe, you know, those races. And and it's funny because I suppose the late the last lot of races are the ones that stick in your mind the most and then as soon as you said you know catch a wave and and we could go back through all the major races we've had some fantastic big races this year um you know and and it it is every single one of them's got its own sort of story to it but uh andy did do a fantastic job uh keeping everyone involved and and again it's just like just believe going to you know sweden and and the social media aspect of that to keep everyone involved in that trip was just absolutely fantastic and that they're the hero pieces we need to really keep going because that's what gets people involved and they become part of it it's not just watching a race there's a lot more to it and it really involves people so they are with you uh you know a couple of my favorites and and another one and um Something that I'm very proud of, um, because I do put a lot of time into it, is the little black book. Yeah. Um, where it's come from, from just being a, a black book where we just sort of threw horses in and then left them in there and then six months later we'd start cleaning it out to becoming a system now where, you know, we've, we've worked it out, they get three starts, we, we give them an opportunity, um, you know, and I don't go lightly with who goes in and out of the black book. and oh, I've noticed. And with the, <laughs> the help of Jay Bon and and especially you too, Toby, to now putting it into a game plan, which is something that I hadn't considered doing until you brought that up. Yeah, um, it's just a way to look at how to play the little black book because sometimes you do have a lot of runners and you can't back every single runner. So we try to break it down to who we think is best suited on the night and where it's come from in you know this 12 months, I think is, is absolutely brilliant. Really proud of it and looking forward to how much bigger and better we can still make it going into the future. I'd love to have it where people can subscribe and have it sent straight to their emails forum because uh, I know we're getting a big, big following. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Well, you've touched on something. So of Got a little bit of audio here, mate, and uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Still 15 metres off the lead. 28-6 off the back. Heading up towards a turn. Naked Ambition leads ahead to Queen of Quebec. Ebony's Avenger was able to drop to the leader's back. Mercenary from a long way back. It's Naked Ambition still the leader. On the outside, Queen of Quebec. Ebony's Avenger getting along the sprint lane. Running on strongly. Ebony's Avenger quickly sneaked that darts through on the inside. And Ebony's Avenger gets home. Ebony's Avenger scores. Ebony's Avenger winning on Saturday night at Bendy. Go and 
I'll, pro- I'll let you go through it, Steve, but the Little Black Book was on absolute fire. Jilby Jack Sparrow went around $21 the win. It was a very strong race. His form was really good. He was off the second row. I understand the 21 probably, and he certainly shouldn't have been, what was he, $4.60 the place? 420 the 420 place. 420 the place. So just run us through the, that Little Black Book from Saturday night. It was a great result. Oh, it was a sensational result. So we had just six runners in the first four races of the card. So we kicked off really early, got it all over and done with nice and quickly. And the first race was Raw for Roscoe and Jalibi Jack Sparrow. We simply had a betting plan of Jalibi Jack Sparrow, $30 a win, $45 a place. He got up for us. He ran third. Uh, he was beaten 4.6 metres, but it was a terrific run. Got into third place. $4.20 the place gave us a return of $189. So we nearly covered a $200 outlay just from him running a place. Then we rolled into race two, which we've just heard the replay of, where Ebony's Avenger has got up for the win for us at $5.50. We had a game plan of a $10 win bet, $45 place bet. the place. We got a return of 124 right away in that race. So that was race two done and dusted. But Naked Ambition, who ran third in that race, was also in our black book and put in a terrific run. So two runners, first and third out of race two. We rocked into race three. Illawong Awesome, another betting game plan of $10 a win, $48 a place. It got home and ran. It was second. That's right. I just had to double check that I was right on that. It it got up and ran second and actually got very close to the win in Nikki Nana, who's just hit an absolute purple patch of form. But we got $68 return off our $10 by $40 game plan there. And unfortunately... We couldn't make it a clean sweep. Golden Sunset led. We had a $5 win bet, $20 the place bet, and ran fourth. So we almost pulled off an absolute clean sweep. We couldn't quite do it. But a $200 outlay had a $387 return. We almost doubled our money, which is an unbelievable result for anybody you know in the punting world to be able to pull that off after just four races. Who tipped Golden Sunset out of third? Ah, Golden Sunset was one of the major ones. Any, oh, anywhere, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And night, it was just absolutely fantastic. You were trackside, and it was a great opportunity for a Taylor Yule to drive for some different people as well. Yeah, it certainly was uh, for each of the young drivers. They got to drive for stables that they normally don't drive for, I suppose, and uh, it just might open up a few doors for them. But it was a terrific night. Uh, the crowd was uh, better than expected. Uh, I know last year we, we got a lot coming in right at the end, I think mainly just for the fireworks, more than the racing. But last night there was a big crowd early. They kept filling up through the night and they were there and enjoying the racing. And I think they really enjoyed the, the young drivers and they were starting to get involved with them as I was walking back doing the driver Mm. interviews there was a lot of cheering and clapping and uh, funny you've probably touched on a couple of things there and I hate and I'm gonna say again it was a 9 out of 10 night but I think we can make it a 12 out of 10 night I know it was the first year we did it and we a couple of things like introducing the drivers with the red carpet and having people either side and some high fives and handing stuff out was awesome the the presentation at the end and it probably should have been after the last race with some drivers still driving in it with champagne getting sprayed around. But 
Um, that's just an innocent mistake, I suppose. But that was awesome. We need to highlight more of that. And uh, I would, I would run all ten races for concession drivers, and I'd have two series, four races for a B set. I don't want to call them a B set, but I think people will get where I'm going. So last night it might have been uh, Lockie Cook, Adrian Pace, um, Liam Older, Ben Zera, Sean O'Sullivan. I'm just naming names off the top of my head. They could run their series of four races and then six races of the A set. So not only does the B set get to race against each other, they're then all there together for the rest of the night for a bit of, you know, time together to spend you know, away from, they don't have any more drives and they can sit and watch and say, well, next year, oh, tell me about this or that or whatever. And they can, they can mingle with the crowd. To kick off a love affair with horses, James Herbertson comes through the pony trots. Could be the next James Herbertson. You know, little things like that. Have a booth that's talking about horse ownership. I know we don't have syndication mobs. We really do need them. But at least they could register their details and we could say, well, hang on, here's some trainers in your area. Here's their details. Get in touch with them. They may have a 5% or a 2% share you can get involved with. Or here's trainers that do have syndication available quite often. So get in touch with them. But there's none of that happening. And that's where we're missing. When we've got crowds there and we've got eyes on the sport, we need interaction. And those couple of things could have made the difference. You know, as I said, if those drivers were just sitting there signing autographs for young kids. yeah, yeah. Little kids fall in love with someone like a football player, and that's it. They're, they're locked in. So if, if they're going to fall in love with a footy player, we want them to fall in love with a trotting driver because, like myself, I had no family background, and yet all I ever wanted to be was a... Welcome to the Monday Metrospective, where we look back on the weekend of harness racing on SEN Track. In 28, Lavanishevi still in front, the old boy. Can he do it? Lavanishevi in front, cheer him home. He leads from Artie's army. Then Aussie Playboy, LB2 Chains coming through. Still, it is this amazing horse, Lavanishevi. His Oak, though, down the outside. The Pirates coming over the top. And Oak gets up to win by two or three metres. LB2 Chains is second. The Pirate Oak winning. Uh, great result this for Ryan Sanderson and he started off slowly last night in the Young Guns series Steve, he ran third with Bubby to Bay, sixth with Imperial to Wiz, he missed a race then she wins where Green ran 10th and at this point a lot of people fancied Ryan but it seemed hard for him to win from there but Arg was really the turning point uh, last night towards his victory of the first Young Guns series yeah, it certainly was. Uh, it was really good. I got to chat with all the young drivers on multiple occasions, you know, just on and off microphone. And uh, and Ryan, you know, he sort of kept saying, geez, I'm not having a great deal of luck here. I, I thought I would have been having a bit more luck than what I am. And uh, when he came back to scale uh, with Arg, just while uh, Luke was wrapping up, so we will sort of off microphone, he, he just gave me a fist bump and he's gone, oh, thank God for that. You know, I yeah, finally yeah. got it. But the fact that there was individual winners for the first few races, it just meant that every driver still had that big opportunity. They needed one win and all of a sudden they'll ride in it. And Ryan did that uh, with Arg. It was a terrific drive too. Uh, it was sort of hard. He was very close to getting driver of the night. If he hadn't have won the series, it probably would have got it. But uh, he, his drive on Arg was, was sensational. This horse hits the line so well. He's a great sit sprinter. And when Western Sonador just couldn't cart him into it, he, he had to sort of 
take a choice. Do I go to the inside and hope for a little bit of luck? Do I take clear running and go around? And going four wide around the home corner in a short race at Melton is uh, almost suicidal. And uh, he, he pulled the left rein, weaved his way through the field, and yeah. then at the top of the straight, eased him out wide and absolutely savaged the line. It was a terrific drive. And, and also young Ryan Backhouse uh, on LB2 chains. He he did the same, but then he went to the inside up the straight, got into the sprint lane and, and found the line terrific as well. So it was a fantastic race to watch. There was a, a fair bit happening throughout the night. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the young drivers did not let us down, I can tell you that. Yeah, there was a lot of entertaining races with a lot of moves and uh, the timing system was playing up. So we were hard at work upstairs. So some of the races... see that. <laughs> some of the races, mate... I, I, I didn't even know Abby Lincoln had run third at the end of the race, and we all know how much I love Abby Lincoln, as uh, she's well known, as we were stirring uh, Luke Humphreys up one time that we wanted to call Abby Lincoln, uh, but he wouldn't do it. Anyway, uh, Ch- Cherick, the, and the beauty with Ryan was there was that drive you just described, but then Cherokee Jack was a drive uh, totally different, wasn't it? Yep, 100%. And, and this was just a very clever drive. As soon as the brakes went on, uh, you know, he just went straight around. He said, I've, yep. I've got to take the move. I have to make the move. I'm the best horse in the race off the worst barrier draw. The, the brakes are on. They're going to they're gonna walk. I've got to go. And uh, he walks, wins around, gets to the front and, uh, you know, race over basically and uh, just showed that, you know, that, that mindset that he's got, um, he can drive to the race pattern and not just to a set of instructions. And that's what makes him one of our leading young drivers. He, uh, he drove for me once. Uh, I've only had him on the once and he drove Blazing Cracker. And I gave him basic instructions and just said, mate, he's just a horse you've got to take shortcuts with, weave your way through and uh, hit the line strong. And uh, he went left, he went right, he went left again. He ran through the middle of him and he got beaten by two inches. And, you know, he couldn't have driven the horse more perfect because he just played out the race as it happened and drove it a treat. And after those two wins with Tiamo in the last leg, who looked nigh on certainty, and we talked about this on... Uh, the Friday form panel. I think Dan said he should be a dollar forty. I might have said a dollar fifty actually, and he was a dollar forty-five. So we we're pretty much spot You're on. Averaged it out, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty well. So, yeah, he looked he looked a class above him, Tiamo, for what he did at Geelong, and it was he might have been a bit nervous though, Ryan, with all that expectation, but he never really shows it. No, he doesn't. He's very cool, calm and collected. Uh, he doesn't get overexcited and he doesn't get uh, show any nerves. He's, his heart rate doesn't change much, I don't think. He's a uh, he's very level-headed uh, young fella and uh, I really like that about him. But uh, Tiamo, as you said, he, he was the best horse in the race by a long way. And uh, I said to him in the pre-race in, uh, the post-race interview, I said, uh, you know, you, you had the series wrapped up by winning this race. At top of the straight, you pretty much had it won. I said, did you get a chance to just enjoyed a little bit and he said i sort of did he said and then the horse just sort of got a little bit tired and half switched off uh 50 from the line he said not trotting so well he said so i sort of had to you know i had my heart in my mouth for a little bit he said so i went from uh, relaxing and enjoying it to sort of having to quickly think about uh, making sure he still won so uh yeah it was it's never over until it's over and uh tiamo just sealed the deal for him last night uh- Ryan Sanderson or James Serves, I'll let you guess which one I'm talking about here, right? By a colonial bred stallion that was just a really good, honest racehorse out of a beautiful mare, each of them, raised, you know, on in a country paddock 
They're respectful, polite, a little bit cheeky, a little bit naughty sometimes in uh, off the track, having a bit of fun. They've got that beautiful balance, though, as people, and I'm sure it comes from those colonial stallions and those beautiful mares that they've been bred from. Yeah, I think you're uh, summing them both up very well there. Uh, I'd probably put Herbie a little bit above Ryan for the cheekiness. No, uh, but, no, but no, otherwise, no. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> um, no. Otherwise, they're very, very close together in that regard. So th- there's the famous sticker story. Have you heard the sticker story with Ryan Sanderson? No. No, come- oh, quickly, I'll tell it. He comes up to me at Cranbourne and he says, "Ah, oh, Toby, what sort of car do you drive?" I said, "A white Colorado." Ah, oh, what's the number plate? I said. Um, what are you doing, Ryan? Oh, nothing, nothing. I said, oh, okay, so I give him the number plate. <laughs> I was at Charlton a week later. Someone put a sticker on my back window about a wombat, right? And you might know the tagline, but I won't go with the tagline. And I oh, watch. Well, gee, I wonder who it was, Steve. Right? <laughs> didn't give it away. <laughs> I didn't give it away. And I went up to him and I said, Ryan, I'm so proud of you. And I was proud because... He felt comfortable to take the P1 out of me and do something yeah. like that. He went to the trouble, and this is where James Herbson might fall down. He went to the trouble to buy the sticker. I think if it was free, Herbie <laughs> might get it, but I'm not sure he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd buy the sticker. And and I said to him, I, I said, Ryan, I'm, I'm just actually, I'm really proud of myself that you're comfortable enough to do this. But for God's sake, next time, get Bellman or someone else to find out what car yeah. I drive? <laughs> Don't you do it? And, and yeah. you can see this cheeky grin. He's like, "Oh yeah, great advice, Toby. Like, yeah. great advice." So you can just see that he learnt from that cheekiness that uh, yeah. I refer to. And yeah, and and yeah, I I do give Herbie a bit of cheek about uh, being tight. And you know. Um, well, you're not the only one. He's, he's very well known for it, so don't worry about that. <laughs> My issue with that, I'm a bit guilty because he bought me dinner once and I've never bought him dinner, so I'm not sure wow. how I give him grief about mm. that, but I do owe Herbie a dinner. But it's kind of, you can't let the truth get in the way of a good story, can you, Steve? Oh, no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. So, uh, no, look, they are, look, all of them, they're, they're a great bunch of kids, well, not kids, um, you know, they're, they're young Young adults, um, I suppose we say they're kids because we're getting on a little bit. But, um, yeah, that they are a really great bunch of young drivers. And last night, as I said on Trots Vision, uh, for any listeners that may not have been watching, at the start of the night, a lot of these drivers, I mean, take away your Jack Law and, you know, your um, Ryan Sanderson and, and Herbie who drive, you know, just consistently and, and maybe Jordan Lehman, you know, every single meeting at Melton on a Saturday oh. night who I speak to regularly – a lot of these drivers don't get interviewed very often and they're, I suppose, a little bit camera shy. You know, that doesn't come natural to a lot of people. It's something that you've got to learn to become natural around and get comfortable with. And the first couple of races, you could still see they're a little bit tucked into their shell and a little bit reserved. But I tell you what, by halfway through the night, they were absolute professionals at their interviews. Um, just just doing it consistently, race after race after race, it just came out of their shell. They just relaxed and, and you could really see a difference in them. By the end of the night, you know, they were absolutely brilliant to chat to. They gave you everything you asked for and a little bit more. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of them and how far they come in just something like that.
and he's just buzzed me now, Ryan. So uh, I'm get, I've just told him I'm going to ring him on, in this ad break, and we'll see if we can get him up for a chat on the other side. How's that sounds sound? good. But sounds before fun. we before we do, did you see that text I sent you from Charles Couchy just asking about in a stand start race, how long does it take a trotter to get to top speed? I have every, no idea. Every horse is different. Um, I, I drove a trotter many, many, many years ago called New Key. And the trainer said to me, when you're ready to stand it up, hook your leg down around your stay. Or you'll fall out. You will fall out. <laughs> it, it accelerated out of there that quickly. It used to get out quicker than paces. So every horse is different. Some of them it would take them 100 metres to hit full speed. Some it'll take 200 metres to hit full speed. And others, it might take 50 metres. So same as paces, it's really hard to sort of say it's this far because every horse is different. Some are just brewing away and some just might take half a lap before they're fully comfortable and trotting, you know, without any worry in their gait. So in, it's a great question, but it's a really hard one to answer. Yeah, all right. We'll take that up again. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back. I'll see if I can get a hold of the man of the moment, Ryan Sanderson. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Let's all storm to the front. Wanted to duck in a bit on Sandy. Finn Frost break behind those Montana Flash telemachus and then came daylight at dawn. But just when you thought it couldn't get any better for Sando, it will. Let's rock, let's roll. Ryan Sanderson again beats Montana Flash and metres. Let's rock, let's roll. Winning for Ryan Sanderson. And he's joined us on the line. Ryan, congratulations on last night, mate. We were just discussing off air. It must have been just an absolute thrill to be out there and and much better than I think even you hoped for on the night. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it was just uh, a great thrill um, to win the series and, um, and the whole night was just a great night. And, um, yeah, they've done a a great job. And just – to put the focus on the concession drivers and the rising stars for the night and like from a Ryan Backhouse perspective, which, you know, and, and all the crew that was there, Jordan Chibnall's, et cetera, just to put all the focus of the industry on you all in the spotlight on the one night, that's what I really loved about it. And I'm, did you get a sense of that as yourself and from the other drivers? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you could, yeah, it, it was, you could, it was pretty easy to see that, um, you know, everyone was, you know, paying attention to these drivers that, you know, probably haven't had a, you know, good chance um, yeah. at Melton and, um, you know, and the Ryan Backhouse and, and everyone else and myself, we're all getting connect new connections with new trainers and yeah. um, and it just was, yeah, it, it was really good. You probably won't get sick of talking to Steve Cleave after, what, four times last night, mate? <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we had a good chat. <laughs> uh, I said to Ryan uh, when he was coming back on the last one, I said, mate, I'll just give you the microphone. You can do my job. <laughs> it's it's just going to be easier. <laughs> it yeah, was a terrific no. night, mate. Uh, it would have been a late one for you. What time did you end up getting home? Oh, oh dear. Oh, throwing me under the bus here, Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, we celebrated New Year's pretty good. Um, probably, yeah, got to bed and... Uh, Later hours of the morning. 
<laughs> hey, you're allowed to, mate. There's nothing wrong with celebrating, so uh, never feel bad. But I assumed it must have been a late one. But, uh, mate, for a massive year that you've had, you've been overseas, uh, taking a trip that you probably thought you may never have ever taken, you know, taking out the inaugural uh, Young Gun series. It must be a, a year to remember, but something that now you're really keen to build on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, just, yeah, super happy with um, all the achievements of this year. And, um, yeah, it just wants me wants me to make, uh, do better for the next year. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great feeling to, you know, have success in the sport. And um, it always, you know, makes you want to do better and um, and keep going hard. What, what was nine-year-old Ryan thinking? Were you thinking... You'd be a harness racing drive. Were you were you going to play? Were you going to be a rugby player like Dad? What were you thinking when you were nine? I was probably all of the above at nine, but <laughs> um, I was doing mini trots then, and I was pretty keen in it. And um, we moved to Sydney, and I had to probably when I got more serious. Um, and um, oh yeah, I really fell in love with the sport then. Um, just going around to the country cups with Dad, and uh, that's probably when I wanted to be a driver and. Um, yeah, and yeah, just to see how far I've come, really, um, to, I've improved a lot from when I started. So, um, yeah, I'm just really pleased with um, everything that's been going on. And Sp- yeah, okay, sorry, Tate. Just speaking of Dad, uh, Dad also being a trainer and uh, a massive supporter of you, he must have been extremely proud of you, mate, last night. Yeah, definitely. It was yeah, probably um. Yeah, before before the night, we um, yeah wasn't expecting too much. We were just going to have a good time, and um, yeah, he gave me a call of, of excitement. And, um, yeah, it was um, yeah really nice to um, you know win, and and um, yeah, the whole family really loved it. So yeah, it was just great. Well, they made a big move, mate, and a lot of that was to give you an opportunity when they moved to Charlton. That was a big thing that they did. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. If, yeah, if I didn't have mum and dad, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here today. Um, yeah, obviously, um, they made the move for me and my sister Abby just to have a better um, try and get some driving opportunities and um, be successful in the sport and the best we can. And um, I think dad, dad and mum have done that. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's worked tremendously, really. Mate, uh, you're a great ambassador to the sport and uh, basically 2023, you only made one mistake the whole year, but we won't go back down that sticker path. Thanks so much and have a great 2024, Ryan. Uh, Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. There's Ryan Sanderson. We'll clear one more commitment, Steve, with a little segment the other side. Text us on 0499 736 Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective. With Toby McKinnon and Steve Cleave off the text machine. Happy New Year, Toby and Steve. I don't need to let you know my favourite memories for the year. Uh, a harness horse that has won a Group 1 and a Group 3. You just pinch yourself at the great new people we've met in our journey. has been awesome from Big Fella. And from Stu, Happy New Year, Toby and Steve. Looking forward to a big 2024, hopefully. Some great ideas you are throwing up. So thanks to Stu and Big Fella for getting involved. And thanks to you, Steve. Uh, great little hour show, mate. And uh, I'm going to have a week off. So enjoy whatever you do on Thursday. 
I certainly will, mate. You enjoy your time off. You've certainly earned it. I know how many hours you put in with all your different roles. So enjoy your time and uh, let's bring on a big 2024. Sounds good. See you, everybody. Mm-hmm.